The Bill Myers Show podcast is sponsored by Clouser Drilling. They've been leading the way in Southern Oregon well drilling for over 50 years. Find out more about them at clouserdrilling.com. Welcome back to The Bill Myers Show. 106.3 KMED, 99.3 KCMD. It's 11 minutes after 7. Pebble in your shoe Tuesday. And I guess we got a big uh, boulder going on over at the Klamath Dam removal site. Joining me right now is Captain William E. Simpson, naturalist. And, of course, we know him best. Wild Horse Fire Brigade and, of course, a Super Prepper prepped on a boat. You know, back in the day on National Geographic. What was that? Doomsday Preppers, right? That was the show you started in there at that time, uh, Bill. Welcome back. Yeah, good morning. Yeah, that was Doomsday Preppers, Nat Geo's. Uh, that was a pretty pretty big series for them. They, I guess they were competing head-to-head with Deadliest Catch, but uh, that was back in 2012, I want to say, or 11. And long ago. Anyway. A dozen years back. Yeah. Okay. Hey, wanted to uh, talk about what's happening down at the uh, Excrement Show, also known as the as the freeing of the fish world, the uh, the Klamath Dam removal site. There, you got a bit well, of controversy it, going on there, right? Right. Well, you know, it's not about fish. Uh, you may you may recall I had an email uh, thread with about two hundred people going on with Glenn Spain, the fisheries so called expert that was on the KRRC board, and uh, Glenn Spain wrote to me that it's. It's not about fish. It's about money. And, and of course, well, shortly afterwards, he wasn't on their board anymore, which was kind of interesting. So, anyway. Well, so Glenn apparently committed to like a faux pas in Washington, D.C. is when you tell the truth, right? You know, it's yeah. the well, worst, yeah. worst thing you can do. <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah. so, yeah, <clears throat> KRRC has um, very carefully structured this thing so that um, – Pretty much the citizens of Siskiyou County get screwed royally. Um, you know, they've, they've got themselves uh, set up as the general contractor, which firewalls all the subcontractors, uh, which, you know, you got Kiwit, McMillan, um, J.R. Merritt, and RES, Resource Environment Services, um, who, you know, those are the guys that were out here with the weed eaters that were mowing like, you know, a 50-foot-wide 50 band around the edge of the lake saying they were going to stop the invasive weeds for, from, you know, that are extending every direction for miles from getting into the mud in the lake. Yeah. You know, brilliant plan. <laughs> well, so anyway. of course, now, this this may be a really dumb question. How does mowing the weeds down uh, prevent them from infecting then or infesting the uh, nearby mud once they take the lake water away? I, that doesn't stop it at all, does it? Of course not. I mean, oh. they, they extend for miles in every direction. You've got flowering, uh, yellow star thistle, and other invasive weeds. You know, a 50-foot-wide swath does nothing for the other one mile of, you know, flowering weeds that are windblown and, you know, they're carried in by birds and mm-hmm. wind and everything else. 50 feet does nothing. Remember, that was about killing off the shoreline ecosystem before we could get any ecologists up here. To look at all the inv- all the endangered species, which, by the way, aren't on their EA uh, when they did their environmental. Uh, okay, I, no, I just want hold on, hold on, Bill. I just want to make sure that I understand that perfectly. So, in other words, your claim then is you kill everything that's off there, and then there's no claim that you're that there's actually an endangered species uh, ecosystem around the existing lake, right? Is that kind of what right. I'm hearing? Well, they. Yeah, they were, you know, they've been studying my articles and and what I've been sending to the Board of Supervisors about that we have endangered species animals up here that aren't on their EA. And they're mostly amphibians, which use the shoreline ecosystem. You know, the baby turtles and the the rare snakes and the frogs and and all these other little critters. Well, well, but they have to die. They have to die in order for uh, Warren Buffett to to have the dams off of his uh, portfolio. Right. Yeah. But the point is, the point, Bill, the, the important point here is that they're not, a lot of these species which are endangered or threatened are not on their current EA that they're operating under. And they and they fake everybody out of their shoes by even mentioning that the dam removal won't, won't affect cetaceans. I mean, they're trying to make you think we've looked at everything clear out into the ocean even. But that's not true. We have an endangered kangaroo rat up here. We've got all kinds of bats. That some of which are endangered that rely on the insect hatch in the lakes. We've got, you know, all different kinds of amphibians, the giant California salamander, the giant California garter snake, you know, and on and on like that. So and there are species up here that haven't even been discovered yet. Yeah, and the point being, though, is that 
we're told all the time that you're never supposed to be, uh, you know, putting in stuff because of endangered species. Well, now we have endangered species that grew up and functioned quite nicely, you know, around all of this infrastructure for all these years. But we're supposed to ignore right. that now let, right. yeah, because, well, money, that, that, that kind of thing. All right. right. So, so, moving, since, so moving forward, yeah. the reason I mentioned that is because for, for a very, very long time here, going back time immemorial, before the indigenous people were here, we have deer, elk, and bison and wild horses in the area using the Klamath River for time immemorial, prior to Kennewick Man, 20,000 years ago, which is the oldest indigenous fossil out there. That's the oldest uh, indigenous person's uh, remains ever found was the Kennewick Man. Now, what's, is, now Kennewick Man, you mean the Viking, right? No, Kennewick Man was a, was an indigenous uh, person that was found up there in northern uh, Washington. Oh, that's weird because I read a story that that was a fake job. Actually, you know, it, yeah, like, no, they won't I, let I, they won't let you look at it. They won't let, nobody will let well, you look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, whatever. You okay, know, I, I didn't mean I, I, I don't I mean, mean to get yeah, off in the weeds. Off in the weeds. All I don't right. want to go off in the weeds, Bill. So okay. anyway, the oldest fossil that I'm aware of was that, and it's been published quite a bit. Um, so, but anyway, um, and there's a lot of other cultural and, and paleontological archaeology that say that, you know, the indigenous peoples got here, you know, roughly 20,000 years ago. Well, deer, elk, and wild horses, wild horses have been in North America, Ecobalus, the current horse, 2 million years. Uh, deer and elk have been here about 200,000 years, bison about 220,000 years. So <clears throat> horses, deer, elk, and bison were grazing in this very area here along the north, north of the Klamath River. Um, they actually found uh, the remains of a bison when they were digging out the footing for Copco 1, and that was published in the electronic journals by John Boyle, and there's pictures mm-hmm. of it. Um, so these horses and, and the deer and the elk have been here forever. They're heritage animals, they're wildlife, and they've been using the beneficial waters that were behind the dams as well. Um, now, those waters are gone, and we have a giant mud pit. So RES has been saying to me, that they're going to fence off the mud to keep the wildlife from being entrapped in this deadly mud. Because this mud, the mud banks, and I've been doing drone runs, are 20, 30 feet deep, and and they're like quicksand. This is red clay. So you get into that mm-hmm. mud, if you wiggle around struggling, you will sink all the way till you hit the bedrock. So now, you will- now, you have a problem with this, though, but is that not a responsible thing to do to keep the wildlife from uh, from struggling and just dying in the mud? No, it's a good idea. Oh, I, I mean, I no, I support that, but there's a great big but. You have to provide an alternate water source. Otherwise, the animals are going to be challenging the fence to get to the water. Oh, okay. That's okay. that's where you're having the problem with uh, Dave. I know I'm on this email tree with you. I'm observing this thing with uh, David Kaufman from RES yeah, as right. uh, one of the contractors. So David, right. Yeah, Dave Kaufman... <clears throat> I met him a couple of years ago when he first showed up here, <clears throat> excuse me, with his wife and, and kids in his pickup truck with Texas license plates. And so I figured, oh, he's, he, he was buying the old, uh, the old fishhook restaurant mm-hmm. and it was remodeled into a home. And, I, and it had 585 acres with it across the street and uh, right next to the RV park where you were with the horses. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, oh, great, we're going to have some cool neighbors, you know, some Texans. Maybe that'll be a good thing. And we chatted, and we were very cordial, and everything's good. And he said, yeah, I'm buying this property, and blah, blah, blah. Well, I figured, okay, that's great. But then later I find out RES was actually buying the property, and he was a front man. Oh, okay. Yeah, so RES bought the property, not him. So he misled me right off the bat. And then um, later, you know, uh, down the road, things were going on, and and. He's recently, uh, RES has fenced off all of that uh, 585 acres, and just a couple, like a week ago, I saw Dave, and I was asking him, when are we going to get the alternative water going on? Because if you're going to fence off the mud... Yeah, if you're going to fence off the mud in the river, the wildlife still needs a drink, one way or the other, right? Right. right. Is there Are there laws about that, or is, is it something that you, that you just suggest? I, I don't know these Well, laws. okay, this is an open-range grazing county. Uh, we have open-range grazing policy. Um, arguably, the wildlife have rights to that water that, that supersede anything that anybody else can bring. You know, they've got to provide the wildlife, the wild horses, and the livestock with their traditional watering holes. I mean, 
These are traditions in the county, and they just can't come in here and smash and grab and do whatever they want and, and then leave us all holding the bag with what, what happened. You know, the, the, we, I don't know if you know this, but California is down about 2.5 million deer right now, and Oregon is down about 500,000 deer. That's why we have all this grass and brush fuel everywhere that's on fire every year. So we got to protect the deer and the elk that we have left and the horses um, because those those are the only herbiv- large-body herbivores we have. And then, of course, horses are the only um, – they're the they're non-ruminant uh, uh, large body uh, grazers that you know you look at cows, sheep, goats, deer. They're ruminants, so they digest seeds very well. Uh, whereas horses, they poop out most of the seeds they grow. So they yeah, actually, they're seed spreaders. They actually uh, replant. Yeah, yeah, they seeds. keep they yeah. keep the life cycle. They keep mm-hmm. the life cycle going, which of all the grass and plants, which benefits all the other animals, including the bees and the insects, which are collapsing. So we need those horses alive and well. We need them. They're desperately needed. And and so my understanding from Dave Kaufman was, is we were talking just last week about four or five watering um, troughs or big, you know, uh, stock ponds or, or stock tr- uh, tanks, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then put them behind the fence so that way the, uh, the wildlife that would normally go to the Klamath and drink would still have something to drink in the meantime. Exactly. But now, apparently... They decided to change their mind, and they're not now. It's the same thing. It's it's like illusion, deception, smoke and mirrors, change. You know, it's not what we said. Um, and then even even last night, I got a text from the publisher, and I'll send you one of his articles um, from the uh, Cisco News. Uh, that's uh, Jay Martin. Uh, Jay sent me a text. They, he he didn't text me. He knows my number. Dave Cosman knows my number. He sends it to Jay who then has to take up the mantle and send me whatever it was that Dave Kaufman sent, which was, oh, by the way, you know, it's not us draining RES, he means. It's not RES draining the lakes. It's KRRC, so it's them. So now they're deflecting <laughs> to KRRC. They're all in the same bed, though. It's like ultimately. Well, yeah, but uh, see, they've got it They've got it firewalled by, by see, because if they're, if they're what, they, what he's doing is he's trying to position himself so, if some of our privately owned horses get dead because of them, they're saying, no, it's not us. It's KRRC. Sue them for the loss of the horses or whatever. And then by that time, KRRC is probably out of money, goes bankrupt, and then, oopsie, you know, yeah, nothing yeah. we can and the do. the mitigation fund, hmm. yeah, the mitigation fund, that's just, for, you know, from my perspective, I don't even know if they really exist because I've sent letters, certified no response. I've sent certified letters to KRRC, no response. Yeah. Uh, People up at Copco Dam, up at Copco Lake, all the community, they've sent letters to KRC, no response. They come down here and, and just wiggle their lips, and, you know, Branson and these guys show up and just, oh, well, we'll look into that. We'll get back to you. We'll look mm. into that. We've heard that a hundred times. They don't. And now we've got we've got Dave Kaufman down here at RES doing the same thing. You know, he lives up in Jacksonville, and, he you know, he doesn't want to show his face around here after, after hours because... You know, the citizens are really tired of this. The road here is falling off into the lake in places. It is is a gauntlet. It is an absolute gauntlet from milepost 9 to milepost 20. It's now, a, which road are you talking about there, Captain Bill? Copco Road. Copco Road, milepost, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. Copco Road between milepost 9 and 20 is literally a gauntlet. It's barely one lane, um, and, and the sight radius around the blind curves is, is less than 100 feet in some spots. So... And they haven't changed the speed limit yet, so people are going way over 35 miles an hour. And, and that brings me to the next point of, 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 of issue here. Um, on January 5th, Friday, at about 12 noon, roughly, uh, there was a head-on collision on Copco Road. And I don't know if you read about that. but no. um, Okay, so I was down by Wanaka uh, on my quad because I heard – a pack. There's some feral dogs running around here, killing the few deer we got. So I was down there trying to see where they were, what was going on. So I was actually on Copco Road on the edge, and here about oh quarter to noon, eleven thirty. Here comes this white, brand new, late model white Dodge truck flying down Copco Road from Fall Creek, headed westbound on Copco Road, flying. Just zooms right by me. I couldn't believe it. But that's the trend here with these vendors. They all, a lot of them, speed like crazy, and uh, so that car flies down there. Well. Coincidentally, about 15 minutes later, that a white truck of same description, single male driver, went across the double yellow line, hit a family coming the opposite direction, oh. 
killed killed the parents and orphaned the children. The driver of the truck also was dead. So three three people dead. Hmm. That's and very very coroner, very okay. So there's a, there's a well, lot the of coroner. There, yeah, the coroner is slow rolling the data. We've you know Jay Martin at the Cisco News has been calling Highway Patrol saying, "Hey, we have a right to know. We have a right to know this public safety issue. Who you know who is in the car? Who is in the truck? What's going on?" You know, and they won't release the information to him. Is Siskiyou government, is Siskiyou County government kind of bought off by this whole process, or are they just kind of uh, rolling over on their back and urinating on themselves? Well, <clears throat> that's all subjective. I mean, I'm sure there's been some kind of incentivization. I've heard that they get a certain amount of, you know, big money, like $20 million. Yeah, but I'm just saying, though, Siskiyou County, uh, you know, the sheriff, everybody else, they're acting as if they're bought off. They act, they behave as if they're bought off. I'm not saying they are, but they behave like that. You start wondering, that, or else maybe they're just so beaten down by the, uh, you know, by the politics involved with this dam removal process. I, I'm just, spe- I'm, I'm spitballing here, Captain Bill, that's all. Just Right, yeah, no, it's, they're certainly not doing the best work they could be doing, in my opinion, mm-hmm. to protect the health, safety, and welfare. And economic welfare is just as important because that leads to mental health issues. We're, this is by definition here, where we are around Copco and Iron Gate Lake, this is a disadvantaged community under a definition used by California State. We are a disadvantaged community, mm-hmm. and we're not being treated properly up here. Now, you're supposed to go and uh, have a meeting with, is it the County Board of Supervisors that you're meeting with this morning or someone else? Yeah, they're having a special meeting about the road and the dams uh, this morning at uh, down at the courthouse in Wairika this morning. I think it starts around 830 or, or 9, so I'm going to try to go down there and and I have a prepared uh, a prepared statement to read to the board. Could you drop me a note on any response I, I, I imagine the board will probably not respond directly, but uh, you know there there's all sorts of bad stuff happening with the people who live around there. It's it's uh, the mitigation fund seems to be a little spotty from the uh, from the looks of it. You can't get anybody to talk about anything, and yet everything else about the dam removal gets reported uncritically in the major media. Everything everywhere you yeah, look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there. See, the the thing is, is they're pounding us into the ground by for publishing all this misleading and false information about the benefits of dam removal. And they're sequestering all the information that relates, and including Glenn Spain's statement that it's not about fish, it's about money. You know, that they're sequestering all the other information. They're, they're sequestering, you know, they're downplaying the fact that there was five lava dams and that there was uh, speciation of salmon and, and that there was waterfalls that were almost 200 feet tall and Fish never went past those, and all of that. Yeah, everything that uh, was the ecological fraud that was uh, brought forth in order to say, yes, we removed the dams to restore the native fishing habitat. It's like that right. never existed. And, and, that never existed. Yeah, and, one of the, you know? and one of the big problems up here, Bill, is now, okay, we've already suffered the loss of our beneficial water. So the damages are done. We've already lost, you know, stuff that was guaranteed on the Klamath Basin Compact Act. And now, we're looking at the vehicular damage. You know, the people who live up here are now, this is our only access road, by the way, for fire, for EMS, every, whatever it is, this is it. And it's a, it, it is almost getting to the point where it's impassable. Um, Maybe that's part of the plan. Maybe that's well, part of the plan, Captain Bill. It could be. I don't know. But it, if that is, boy, that's a big problem. Well, today. they don't want people. I mean, they, as in the Greens and their uh, fellow travelers, they don't want people living out there. You know that. Right. But the county has a responsibility. We're paying taxes and stuff and to the state and to the county, what have you. I mean, they, we have a right to rely on a reasonable amount of, of uh, you know, safety on our roads up here. Yeah. Uh, county committee, county supervisors is what it's called in California. Uh, sounds yeah. like they're a little bit asleep at the wheel. I'm kind of curious here, Bill. Do you have do you have county commissioners that are elected in districts in, in Siskiyou County? Yeah, they're called supervisors, and yeah, we have five districts. Ray yeah, you know, district. that. see, that's the BS that they're trying to bring to Jackson and Josephine County. The same sort of thing, well, uh, you vote for one at large, and uh, and then we got four districts, and you get more representation. Yeah, uh, I'm, not, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not buying this. All right, that, that's another issue I'm, I'm messing with you on this right. one, though. Yeah, yeah, so 
we're looking mm-hmm. at the damage to our, our private vehicles now. Everybody who works for their, these big companies are driving company trucks. They don't care if their trucks turn to crap in a year. But the citizens up here, they're, they're getting wear and tear on the tires, the brakes, the bearings, the mufflers, the, the, the shocks. Well, yeah, everything about this removal has, uh, has been screwing the local residents. All right. Yeah. All right. Tell me what happens. Drop me a note if you could after the uh, meeting this morning with the County Board of Supervisors, Siskiyou County Board of Supervisors. And at least keep us in the loop on this. And I'll try to, uh, you know, recount that. All right. And uh, th- yeah. thanks for the update. I wish it was better news there. But. I can't say I'm surprised in the least about how this well, uh, dam removal is playing out. Everybody, yeah, everybody needs to pay attention to this because this is the this is a rabid dog that will be coming to your your home soon. You know that's the thing about this. Everybody goes, well, that doesn't affect us. Hey, it's on its way. So I will also send you the article from Cisco News mm-hmm. that shows the video of what this mud mess up here looks like now. It's unbelievable. All right, Captain Bill, thanks for the update, Captain William E. Simpson. From uh, Siskiyou County, great to hear from you, okay? Be well. Thank you. Thank and you. give them hell about an hour from now when the uh, Board of Supervisors meets. This is the Bill Myers Show. Are you looking for a career? We are looking to grow our team. Hi, it's Megan McPherson, your local farmer's insurance agent. If you're interested in a satisfying career and want to become a team member of one of Southern Oregon's best insurance agencies, we are looking to add to our team. We have several opportunities available. No insurance experience is necessary, but a great attitude is a must. Give my office a call at 541-776-0673 to discuss the positions further and begin the process. That's 541-776-0673. We are farmers. Bum, ba, da, bum, 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 bum. The phones are ringing at Montana Roofing as word gets out about their metal roofing division. Let's be a fly on the wall. Yes, sir. That'll be ready for pickup on Tuesday afternoon. Absolutely. Thanks for the call. See you Tuesday. Let me guess. Another order for a metal roof pickup? Third one this week. Hmm. I'm getting pretty good at this. I'm feeling, um, pole barn in Prospect. No. House in Hilt. Uh-uh. Garage in Gold Hill. Nope. Cabin in Keno. Colder. Riding arena in Rouge. Freezing. A fort in Fort Klamath? Brr, I'm so cold, I can't feel my toes. I was running out of alliterations. Well, you were on the right track. Warehouse in White City. Well, that was my next guess. Uh-huh. But I can choose the color. Go. Brown. No. Green. Eh. Try again. Gray. That's a big negatory. Ghost Rider. Whether you'd like your metal roof manufactured and installed on site, or you're picking up to do it yourself, you can safely guess Fontana Roofing will create a metal roof that's perfect for your project. Visit FontanaRoofingServices.com. Black Fuchsia. I'm done. Happy holidays from Collaborative Publishing Solutions. This holiday season, CollabPub would like to thank our sponsor, Team Senior Referral Services. Team Senior Referral Services can simplify your search for assisted living, memory care, and adult foster homes, in-home care, and home health. And their services are 100% free. Visit them online at teamsenior.org or call today at 541-295-8230. And thank you again for sponsoring Collaborative Publishing Solutions. 106.3 106.3 KMED, 99.3 KCMD. This is the Bill Myers Show. 7.34, we'll check up on news. Ran a little long with Captain Bill, but uh, I wanted to hear what was going on with the uh, the reported excrement show. And uh, I know that I, I was getting a little bit of that from uh, the Minor Dave Everests and the Joels, you know, who live up in that uh, in that area. And you have to remember that ultimately, remember... Green never sleeps. The gangrene never sleeps. And remember, these are the same people that will probably use the same kind of arguments to say, you know, the Rogue River needs to run freely again. And, you know, there there was the, the fish are being hurt by this. And, you, you know, that over at uh, Lost Creek Lake, you know, that dam needs to go. It needs to go. And you're sure, you know, if people end up uh, having their homes destroyed on the Rogue River at some point and, and uh, Grants Pass needs to just be, you know, you know, wiped out or something, it's just the price for saving the planet. <laughs> I'm only half kidding uh, a little bit about that. But when you look at the green blogs, they have Lost Creek in their sites, too. Make no bones about it, Okay. 7.35, we'll uh, catch up with uh, Josephine County Commissioner Herman Berchiger. We're talking a lot about uh, trash out on the public lands, and I think he wants to weigh in a bit on that. Is there a county response that could uh, be brought to bear? I don't know. We'll uh, kick that and other issues on the way on the Bill Myers Show. Hi there. It's Jeff with Quality Tree Service. As we look forward to spring, now is the time we offer our best rates of the year. 
Winter is also a great time to prune your trees because they're dormant and waiting to wake up and grow in a healthy way. So give us a call and get a no obligation quote. I think you'll be impressed with how affordable it is to get your trees shaped up for spring. Quality Tree Service offers senior and military discounts too. Find us at qualitytreeservicemedford.com. Bill Meyer for Wellburns Weapons. Wellburns has the latest in suppressor technology, the Griffin Armament Bushwhacker 46. This new generation Bushwhacker 46 is engineered to be more compact and durable with higher performance and more mounting options than its predecessors. And its suppression flexibility, amazing. 450 Bushmaster, 458 SOCOM, 308 WinMag. The Bushwhacker 46 will suppress practically everything in your gun safe. Incredible versatility. See it today at Wellburn's Weapons on Crater Lake Highway in White City. KMED, KCMD News, sponsored by Millette Construction, specializing in foundation repair and replacement. Get on solid ground by visiting MilletConstruction.com. Good morning, I'm Marcus Veal with your NBC5 morning news update. The Josephine County District Attorney's Office says an officer-involved shooting that took place last month on Highway 199 in Grants Pass was justified. Grants Pass Police, along with Oregon State Police and the Josephine County Sheriff's Office, were actively looking for Kelly Lynn Mason. The suspect had nationwide warrants for multiple charges, including murder and burglary. According to the DA's office, on December 15th, Mason led police on a chase before a JCSO corporal used a pit maneuver to stop Mason's car in West Grants Pass. The DA's report says that's when shots were fired from inside Mason's car. Because Mason shot at officers, seven officers returned fire. After securing the situation, law enforcement found an AR-15-style rifle, a magazine, casings, and a body and body armor in Mason's car. The Josephine County DA's office investigation shows officers were justified to use deadly force. The Jackson County Expo announced it will not be hosting its Rogue Music Festival this year. Last year, the first-ever Rogue Music Festival featured country artists like superstar Carrie Underwood. But they say that the event last year didn't bring in as much money as they had hoped. They tell us the, that between the artists and setup and other expenses, it was a $2.2 million loss. Staff say they are still hoping to bring the event back every other year, but have not confirmed it for next year just yet. For MC5 News, I'm Marcus Villa. Have a great day. This hour of the Bill Meyer Show is proudly sponsored by Phoenix Auto Center Tire Pros and Full Service Auto Repair. Hi, it's Jolene at Phoenix Auto Center Tire Pros. If you're wondering about the condition of your tires, stop in and we'll check your tread level and give you an honest assessment on wear and your ability to navigate wet, slick roads. And if you need new tires, Phoenix Auto Center has a great selection of top brands like General, Hercules, Cooper, Continental, Falcon, Mastercraft, BF Goodrich, and more. For the best tire prices and service, see your local family-owned Phoenix Auto Center Tire Pros on Main in Phoenix. At Batteries Plus, we want to know what moves you. Is it an SUV or a motorcycle or a golf cart or a boat? Whatever moves you drives us. Batteries Plus, bringing power to your life. Stop in or shop online at BatteriesPlus.com. If you're remodeling your house, start with the foundation. Millette Construction offers a no-pressure, thorough inspection of your home's foundation and a no-obligation estimate if your house needs work. The foundation is most important because all of the repairs and upgrades you're planning from the floors, windows, doors, cabinets, even the roof can be affected if your foundation is unstable. Be sure you're on solid ground. Millette Construction will level your house and correct the shifting soil problem. Visit MilletteConstruction.com. Hi, I'm Steve Potter, Body Shop Manager of Lithia Body and Paint, and I'm on 106.7 KMED. 20 before 8, Josephine County Commissioner Herman Barachigger joins me every Tuesday. We kick around issues of county concern, some on politics in general, especially given the fact that uh, he is a former state senator, former state rep, and led the walkout uh, back when, uh, I, I, th I think back before there was a uh, spinectomy in the Republican Party. <laughs> <laughs> the state capitol. Uh, by the way, Herman, before we get into the other news, do you think there's any chance for any real... I mean, essentially, to me, the only thing that Republicans could accomplish in uh, in the state legislature is to uh, is to break things. And when I say break things, being obstructionist to the, uh, to the worst tendencies of the ruling class uh, Democrats that are there. Is, is there stomach for that in the current crop up there, in your opinion? What do you think? You know, I, 
I, I don't know. I don't have I don't have a pulse on it like I used to. Mm-hmm. And this being a presidential year, maybe the Democrats will back off on their wacky agenda a little bit. Um, let's hope. Uh, okay. A lot of times in a presidential election year, they, they're not quite as uh, aggressive in their crazy ideas. So, um, you know, they're just starting out. Let's see what happens. Okay. All right. We'll keep an eye on that. All right. Now, then, um, I was talking earlier this morning about uh, Savage Creek. Interesting article in the, in Daily Courier. And I've seen articles like this in the Rogue Valley Times, Daily Courier, uh, Josephine County Eagle, no doubt, uh, covers these kind of things. And it, uh, it kind of an intractable problem with uh, trash and people burning the RVs on public land. Every time I go up to uh, a site over in uh, Jackson County, I uh, go, I travel past uh, all sorts of burned-out RVs on the way up to Fielder Mountain. There's a couple of them on the way. Everywhere you go, you see this. And where do you think that, uh, you know, the counties, is there a county response for something like this? Because... I figure that if enough of this keeps going on with trashing up of public lands, these lands will be shut down at some point. You just won't have public access. I'm concerned about that. Any thoughts? Well, uh, first of all, any any excuse for BLM or Forest Service to shut down roads, they'll use. So let's exactly. start there. Yeah. Okay? All right. Um, the trash issue is, yeah, is driving us crazy as commissioners. You know, I, I, I've had an opportunity to travel around the world pretty extensively, and I'm, we're starting to look real similar to these third-world countries where trash just scattered across the landscape is just part of the deal, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's starting to concern us. Here in the county, we spend a lot of money not just cleaning up the public lands, but cleaning up private lands for solid waste violations. I mean, Bill, you ought to see some of these properties. So it's a very long process. There has to be complaints filed, and we send letters, and finally we have court action, and finally we go in as a county and clean it all up and then put a lien on the property. The problem is there's two things that concern me. One, sometimes the cleanup almost exceeds the value of the property. Really? Yes. And two, the second thing is, is, you know, we only have so much money. So what? Because we put a lien on the property afterwards. So we've been pretty lucky so far as property sell, we get paid back. And so we have a fund that, that, that kind of revolves. But I'm starting to worry that we're going to get to the point where we're just simply not going to have enough money to keep this up. Now, the way I understand it, then, as you described it, the county has to front the money and spend it first right. out of out of funds and then hopefully gets it back upon property sale if the property's worth enough. That's right. We've had some in Cave Junction where it was pretty darn close, pretty concerning. Uh-huh. And, you know, when you start having to get rid of uh, multiple vehicles, motorhomes, and, and uh, you know, double-wide trailers and stuff like that, it is um, it's absolutely amazing how much this costs. Yeah, listener Dave called me about an hour ago, was uh, talking about uh, what happened when he bought some property in Joe County, and it had an old uh, motorhome, an old RV on it. And he thought, well, you just uh, you know, tow it away, get rid of it. It's going to cost him some twenty five hundred bucks or so to dispose of. What happens if he got ten of them on there? Yeah, yeah. And that's what has happened to us. It, I, 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 it saddens me to to see what's going on. And like I said, you know, I, I've been all over in South America, Africa, and stuff. And you know, the trash is they just don't have they they're not a wealthy enough country. To take care of the rubbish. Is there a certain amount of culture that has changed, though, I'm wondering? And and the reason I bring this up is that um, I was born in Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area, but I grew up in Ohio. And a lot of my time in rural Ohio was that, I got to tell you, people were kind of like neat as a pin. The culture was very much neat as a pin. And if you had a bunch of junk in your yard... You're kind of looked down on, you know. There was a like a almost like a social shunning here, and I don't think you get that out on the West. I don't know if that's uh, if that's just because of the Germanic well, no, culture I, I grew up we, in or not. I think we, I think through generations, I you know I've always 
confess that we're a spoiled nation. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, I grew up in a German ba- a German family, and <laughs> trust me, <laughs> everything had to be perfect. But that's what I'm getting at. It, it was like a yeah. German culture out there in the Midwest, mm-hmm. and and there was a lot of that. And, and it was about neat as a pin, and your your yard better be mowed. You know, all that kind of stuff. It was very interesting. Yeah. And that's changed some of its laziness, some of its distractions. That's another thing I talk about is distractions. Look at all the distractions we have now, Bill, that we didn't have when we were kids. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have the Internet. We didn't, you know, we had two or three channels on a TV and some radio stations, and that was about it. Um, but now look at the distractions. All right. So, and it kind of just uh, you know, creeps into it. Is there a case to be made, though, you know, when you're, and, and and Josephine County and of course rural Jackson County not exactly incredibly wealthy, you know, and we know that. Uh, oh, yes, twenty nine thousand is the average income. All right, twenty nine thousand some change. What role does that play then in the junking up of our counties? Go to the dump. You know, I I took out a couple. Uh, I've got a small dump truck here on the on the ranch, and we you know did some roofing this year, and. I, Took out the roofing material out to the to the uh, the dump, and it was like two hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. And and two hundred dollars, sure, I can afford two hundred dollars, but there's a lot of people. Two hundred dollars is that's a lot of money. Yeah, two hundred bucks is your month's groceries, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And and you know, I can't blame the sanitation because I know those folks have some. You know, they've got a, the environmental laws. we got to, you know, truck everything over to Dry Creek. And all that costs money. Oh, a wait lot. a minute. Oh, so so you don't have, there's no landfill in Joe County? No. You, tr- no, you truck it over to Di- Dry Creek in Jackson County? I didn't know that. Okay. Oh, they do from Crescent City, too. Oh, wow. Okay, I didn't. But I didn't. You can't. You can't create a land. You can't create a landfill anymore. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! You can't do that. Okay, that's what so, that one listener on the Facebook was talking about. The environmental laws killed all this. Okay, all right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And you know what was really interesting? There's a, a solid waste um, company up in the Willamette Valley, just north of Salem, and and so they kind of recycle it and they. They turn it into uh, gas and all kinds of stuff. You know, I mean, it's pretty sophisticated. The environmentalists wanted to uh, to shut that down. That was in Peter Courtney's district. It was the only one around. And, and you ask them, so what's the solution? I mean, the, the trash is going to keep coming, and you want to shut down how we process it. They have no solution. They just, you know, this environmentalism is all about money. Environmental attorneys. It's huge money. It's not about the environment anymore. It's about making money. All right. Uh, I know that's kind of going back to my talk with Captain Bill about uh, Glenn Spain. <laughs> Glenn Spain uh, bounced off the KRRC board, the dam removal board, after uh, saying, oh, this is not about the fish. This is about money. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Say the wrong well, thing, right? All, all, this, all the dam room, all of this stuff is about, it's huge money. And I encourage People to read Dr. Patrick Moore's book, Confessions of a Greenpeace Dropout. Dr. Patrick Moore was one of the founders of Greenpeace, and then over the years, it was hijacked by this money-making operation. And he confesses that it's no longer about the environment; it's about issues that we can generate money with. It's all about money. It's not about dams. It's not about recycling. It's not about landfills yeah it's whatever ad can go into the new yorker magazine and all of a sudden liberals that are guilty liberals are going oh i have to write a write a check right that kind of thing that's what it's all about it's exactly it's all big money yeah billions and billions of dollars all right what would you think here i'm going to touch a third rail and i know you know anytime i you know talk about raising a fee would it help to beautify southern oregon to actually tack another buck or two uh, per month on your uh, garbage fee here in Southwest Oregon. So that way, maybe once or twice a year, you have kind of those, bring in that crappy mattress that you have. Well, I even talked about this morning that, you know, Delta Waters, some, some, you know, bonehead puts the uh, mattress out there and there's no way it's going to be donated and probably doesn't have the money to put it into the uh, landfill. Should we do something like that? Would you think it'd be a good idea in both counties? 
because you say, well, add a dollar, you know. Okay, yeah. well, next year, well, a dollar's not quite enough. We need to add another dollar. And another year goes, oh, that's not quite enough. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you know, people just say, hey, I can't afford trash service. I'm just going to go dump it. So um, it's kind of a slippery slope. I don't know what the answer is. Um, our, our culture has changed, and things have gotten so expensive. I mean, I because I sign off on a lot of the uh, a lot of these uh, bills that we get at the county for for you know these uh, containers and all of this stuff, and I'm just I just blows me away how much stuff costs. But yeah, well, it seems that uh, at least in Jackson County, the only uh, dumpsters that we're happy to pay for out of uh, taxpayer funds are the ones for the homeless encampments. <laughs> you know, yeah, oh. yeah. If you're homeless, you get your tra- your hash your trash all the way for free. You know that kind of thing. Hmm. Oh well, yeah. You you get your food for free. You get a lot of things for free. I mean, I look. Yeah, I think the last time I looked, there was like eighty five different organizations here in Josephine County that the homeless can go to for for something. Hmm. You know, it's. it's uh, I just you know people got to start waking up, and I understand. The average family out there trying to raise the kids, pay the mortgage, go to work, and don't have time for this. But they better start taking time because we're taking a lot of steps backwards right now, Bill. Josephine County Commissioner Herman Barrett-Sugar with me this morning. And, uh, Herman, let's take a couple of calls. Maybe some people wanted to uh, ask a question or weigh in. Sure. Uh, uh, good morning, Line 2. Who's this? Welcome. Hi, this is the Tennessee Kid. Hello, Tennessee Kid. What's on your mind? So, you know, I live in Oregon in Eagle Point right now, but uh, we have property back in Tennessee. And the interesting thing about there, when you get licensed in Tennessee, everybody gets a license plate that shows the uh, location of their county. So for me, it would be Clay County. All of our trash is paid for. It's free. It's a clean state for the most part. Of course, you get every once in a while, you get a riffraff guy that doesn't really care, but other than that, it's it's all free and taken care of. They have monitors that monitor, make sure you got your tag that says you're, you're in Clay County. Because if you're in if you're in uh, uh, a different county, they won't let you put trash. Yeah, in. they won't let you do it. So right. you're saying in, in Tennessee, though, trash pickup is free. It's free there. Yeah. Okay, so it must be paid for via taxes. How so? Yeah, I know. I know that their taxes are seven percent, but still, that we're you know, Governor Lee's got a great. He he utilizes uh, uh, you know the finances fiscally. He's responsible, and I'm telling you, if things are a little bit different there than they are here, mm-hmm. and our, our gas prices are you know like right now, they're probably. No, I haven't been. I'm not there now, so I can't really say. But I'm. When they were like uh, four bucks here in 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 uh, Eagle Point, for instance, it was like uh, three oh nine uh, there. Yeah, so it's a big difference. So now you talked about seven percent tax. Was that a seven percent sales tax? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Hey, I really appreciate the report from uh, no income tax. No income tax, but a sales tax. All right. Hey, appreciate the call. Hey, thanks You're for making. You're welcome. All right. What do you think about that, Herman? A little different, but. Well, you know, I don't know. You know, uh, it, most of the time, solid waste disposal um, is attached to property taxes. So when you go to big cities and stuff like Los Angeles, they, you know, the, the city of Los Angeles takes care of all the trash service, and it's part of your property taxes. So I don't, I don't know what the tax system of Tennessee is. Um, obviously, it's paid somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I don't know what that is. But I would also venture a guess that Tennessee is not in the thrall of the gangrene church, too, which Oregon is. And maybe uh, perhaps it's easier to do a landfill there, possibly. Well, always remember what I've said, Bill. The controlling the controlling groups in Oregon is, one, the union, mm-hmm. two, the trial attorneys, yeah. three, the environmental machine, and four, the tribes. There you go. Explains a lot. Let me grab another call here. You're with Herman Berchiger. Good morning. KMED, KCMD. Who's this? Morning, Bill. Steve from Sunny Valley. Hey, Steve. Fire away. Uh, two things. Uh, one is that uh, I have to take my trash in a pickup truck over to Merlin to the transfer site. And uh, I have the same truck. I always use the same truck. It's always about the same 
load. But uh, one time it cost me twenty dollars, and the next time it cost me forty dollars. Mm-hmm. So their prices are going up fast, and uh, it's you know it's a it's a problem. It's also capricious. And the other thing is, when I was in college, <coughs> I got to spend a summer working as a lifeguard in Switzerland. And I went to northern Italy with a bunch of my Swiss uh, co-workers. And the minute we crossed the border, they rolled down the windows and threw trash out of the car. Who? Because in, 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 in Italy? In Italy. Really? They, did. they said, well, they do it. Look, the place is trashy. Well, maybe it's just Swiss boys dumping their trash out when they cross the border. Yeah. In, in other words, culture matters, though, is what you're saying. Culture matters. Hmm. And... and uh, uh, a feeling of pride in your community matters. All right. Steve, I appreciate the call. Steve from Sunny Valley. That's, uh, yikes. <laughs> interesting. Well, you know, what's interesting is I've been on that train from uh, Milano to Switzerland. And it is as soon as you... Uh, uh, Italy is probably not the most tidy nation I've ever uh, visited. But when you're on that train, instantly, like you drew a line when you go into Switzerland, it is night and day. Yeah. Well, in Italy, you're so busy talking with your hands, you can't pick up the trash, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's well, what... you know, I, I noticed, you know, in, in very rural communities and very poor countries, you see all these people, there's nothing to do. There's no jobs and a lot of sitting around. And I was, I've was i been in villages before, you know, and there's kids, all kinds. I'm like, has anybody thought we just take these 200 people and just go and do a sweep around here, you know, and then burn it? But it's just like they don't, you know, you go down to Mexico. I've always said the worst thing in Mexico that ever happened was the plastic bag. Because it's, 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 it's attached to every barbed wire fence in Mexico. Oh. Sounding so, like uh, Jason Atkinson when he was uh, wanting to ban the plastic bags. But at the same time, they don't want us using the paper bags either, Herman. <laughs> All right. Hey, before we take off, though, what's the status of the library district, people withdrawing from the library district process? Is that restarting at this point or not? People who don't believe that the library district is serving their property. Well, let's go really quick because uh, I know we're running out of time, but go over the the timeline here. So we've always had people that that want to annex in not a lot but they, they kind of dribble in one or two here or there you know and so we we you know when i came into the county commissioner business they, there was this process and oh, that's what you did and okay that's fine so then we had somebody that wanted to to withdraw their property and and so you know um staff laid out this is the process for withdrawal and okay so so we started that well the people at the library went crazy over that um they they didn't mind people annexing in but they certainly didn't want anybody to be able to get out well the library to them is you can check out anytime you like but you can never leave that kind of thing right Mm -hmm. right so anyways let me proceed here so so then um somebody uh, a citizen stepped up to the mic and they um they cited some statutes that I never heard of, you know, and, and of course that's not my job, you know, and um, I guess it's not my job to read every statute. My job is to look for staff to give me guidance and, and, and I'm not throwing staff under the bus because this is a very complicated issue, but we did realize, Hey, that's interesting. So as he was talking, I'm looking on my phone and, and I'm pretty, savvy on how, how to, to find statutes, and I read them, and, and real quick, and I'm going, well, I don't really understand it, so I called timeout during the meeting, I went over and talked to our staff, and our staff was like, well, that's interesting, so we had no answers at that time, I came back to the dais, I sat down, and I said, I'll entertain a motion to table this until we can figure it out, and the motion was uh, passed. And so then the very next day, we had a meeting with staff, and we said, hey, there's some old statutes from the 50s that we didn't know about, and we've really got to look into this process. Yeah, just because it's old doesn't mean they're repealed, right? No, no. And, and so there was homework to do. You know, we've never annexed every, any, we've never withdrawn anybody, and there's some, it's a different process we're starting to find out. And there, 
and the statutes are poorly written. That's the best way. So we, as county commissioners, we made a motion during our business meeting, and we said we're going to do a moratorium on everything until we can get this correct. Because this is a well, Scott Stoddard said, "Oh, it took a lawsuit. It took this. It took that." No, it didn't take any of that. That's jackass. And and it didn't. We, I think, the commissioners did a great job of saying, "Whoops, time out. Uh, we got to get this figured out." So we have gotten the process to annex in figured out. We were doing the annexing in incorrectly, Bill. Oh. So we got that process. We've got a form. So if somebody wants to annex into the into the libraries, they can fill out the form. And we got a nice, I, I said, I want it as simple as possible for the individuals that can do this. We are still working on the withdrawal process much more complicated, much higher bar, and we have to wait. We're also waiting to hear from the judge of what his interpretation, because I will tell you, with these statutes that we're dealing with, you talk to four attorneys, you get four little bit of variations, okay? Hmm. So it's, it's, uh, it's going to take us a while, but my goal is to have a process to withdraw much higher bar, much more work, um, but I want that process to be so somebody can pick up the form, say, hey, this is all the things I have to do, and and make it simple for them. It's, all right, so the withdrawal the withdrawals will continue, but you're coming up with a uh, with more procedures to go through to dot yeah. I's and cross T's. Okay, all right. So here's here's my here's my my pet peeve with Stoddard. He's tearing our county apart with his misinformation. So it's not the stuff he puts in the paper. It's the stuff he doesn't put in the paper. Also. You know? And and that's bad because it, what it's turned into, it's just a Voorhees Facebook page anymore. That's what I think it is. Um, because it doesn't, it's not news. It's not news anymore. It's just splatter whatever you think and put it out there to the public. And that's wrong. It's, but I guess that's what Americans come to. I uh -huh. mean, our news sources are like that now. All right, Herman. Appreciate the talk as always. We'll uh, have you next Tuesday. Josephine County Commissioner Herman Baranchiger, former state senator. All right? You be well, okay? Take care. All right, Herman? Yep. We'll see you later. All right. We'll see you then.